Podflix episode 184. I'm Willie. I'm Nish. No agenda. This is the No Agenda podcast. No, it's not. I think that is a podcast. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I, it sounds like what, it would be. What do they talk about on their podcast? <laughs> they have no agenda. It, it either means that they literally ramble on or that they're like uh, some political podcast who's like, we don't have an agenda. We're sitting, we're giving you the truth. Yeah, and we are neither of those truth. things. Well, we might be the first one, but we're definitely not the second one. It's, What's the first one? It's an the one where we just ramble on about things. Oh, we definitely ramble on about things, yeah, and we, but, but we are kind of full of shit. Yes. All right, gentlemen, I want you to guess what number the most recent episode of No Agenda is. Like what, ep- like what episode uh, number? 1182. 1182? I, th- I, I think it's been like daily forever, and it's like, you know. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty good guess. I'll go lower just because, I don't know. Because I'll go lower. Um, eight sixty three, fourteen twenty one. Wow. What did I guess again? I just had eleven. 11 yeah. I didn't go over. Yeah. Who's the host? It's Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak. Oh, geez. Oh. They're people. That's a real. That's a, those are real people. So this is definitely not the No Agenda podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. This is a, this is a podcast whose agenda is um, watch a Marvel movie and then another movie that we find on HBO and then a Marvel movie and then an HBO movie. Right. So this week was a HBO movie. We watched um, Gravity. Why, why did we pick this one? We, we debated what we should watch for about forty five minutes until I was falling asleep in my suit. And then we still didn't come up with what to watch. Really, for sure. So. So Gravity is a little bit of a different one for us from recent movies in that it's not a movie that came out recently. And it's also a movie that two of us have already seen uh, no. before this. And this one was my idea. And I said I wanted to watch a movie that I, that I was going to like. Wah, wah. But <laughs> that was the idea. But, but we do also watch. That was the other thing. We watch space movies a lot. We do. We do watch space movies a lot. Well, we're just a bunch of space heads. Us, you know. There you go. Womp, womp. Are you by nature a Sandra Bullock fan? Yes, totally. Like quick, quick take. Favorite Sandra Bullock movie, both of you guys. The I man. am not a Sandra Bullock fan. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like her at all either. Yeah. I mean, I have nothing against her as a person or anything like that. But as, I don't. But, I don't know her. Right, she might exactly. be a delightful yeah, human being. Yeah, exactly. I just don't really like her movies. Right. Agreed. Uh, so I guess speed. I'd say speed. <laughs> I like her. I yeah. I don't think she's super funny, but I like her in her non-comedic roles. You're not onto the Miss Congeniality train. I've actually seen Miss Congeniality. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's, it's all right. Bad. Yeah. It's fine. How come all of our voices went like through reactive fire? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. I don't know what you mean. It's pretty good. <laughs> uh, should we dive into this movie? Should we talk about it? The one thing I'll, I want to preface before our Nish gives the, um, you know, the, the, the lay of the land of what happened is... Um, it was del- a delightful, crisp, what, 92 minutes? 90. I, mean, it was, it's, it's, I, I think it's 91, and that includes credits. So really nice for a change because um, Nish and I were talking about this offline before you showed up, Paul. Like, I can't, I can't, one, think of the last movie I saw that was, like, not two and a half hours. They're all long these days. Yeah. yeah and two, longer. byproduct of that, because I don't, we don't go to the movies anymore, 
I sure as shit don't sit and watch them all in one sitting anymore because I don't maybe it's the attention span or I have to go to the bathroom or fall asleep, but I, I just can't make it two and a half hours through a movie. I, I, I watch quite a few of ours in one sitting, but it's like it does. It's a decision I make because I'm always watching them late at night where it's like, all right, I guess I'm just going to do this and like have a really late night. But it's like I have to like midway through. There's like that point where I'm like, am I going to stop now or am I going to keep watching and like I, do I myself say, to like not a lot of sleep? I'm developing the skill that's like intuitive of knowing like, oh, this is the pause place. If I want to stop, <laughs> this this is the pause place. It's a good skill to have. <laughs> I do feel like yes. it makes the, the experience different, though, no, no matter what, if you break it up. Which Definitely. is why I, I try not to, but yeah. I, I would prefer I not more to, more. but sometimes it's just, I just can't, you know. Sometimes it's uh, yeah, It would be different if I could watch the movies earlier, you know. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, maybe if we're doing this many years from now and, you know. My kids are old enough to watch these things along with me and I'll actually shut up and watch it with me. Then, yeah, maybe that it'll be easier. Yeah, you all have your separate VR glasses on and you'll all be watching something different. on the That's couch fair. As long as they're fucking quiet while they do it. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it down and get off my lawn. That's right. I live here. <laughs> oh, they better get off the lawn. <laughs> this is you the better, couch. <laughs> you better believe that's a paddling. It's got to be those little pods like in Wally, Paul. They won't. They won't be. They won't be sitting on a couch. Yeah, sign me. I'm ready for one of those. Sign me up. Hell's yeah. Um, crisp ninety minutes, Nish. Walk us through the the, the entire. Hold movie. on, before you do, I, I want to say enough to do. <laughs> I, I want to say, as a person who hadn't seen this movie, I want to say what I all these years believed this movie was. Oh, interesting. Oh. <laughs> um, just based on, I guess, based the marketing at the time. <laughs> okay, that I kind of remembered. I thought this was going to be a movie that was essentially just George Clooney and Sandra Bullock and Sandra Bullock like loses her tether just out in the space. And the whole movie is the two of them talking, figuring out what to do about it. Um, and it would just kind of be like, that's it. It would mostly be a talking movie, very little action. And that's the impression that I got. Well, geez, and it's <laughs> not, not. not that movie. No. It's kind of the exact opposite. I mean, it well, does it does take place in space the, the whole time, as as what you were saying, Paul would have. But all right, let me do the uh, I'll, I'll do the uh, little premise thing, like you said. So this movie takes place in space. Um, it, it by the way, I, I'll interrupt your premise. I was well, I was like, how is Nish going to describe what happens in this movie without giving away the movie and like. Well, the plot is just like one action scene after the next. Right. I mean, I'll do just the premise at least. Um, so um, basically, uh, the, the when, when the movie starts, it's probably the best way to go with it. Um, we are with a um, with a crew, uh, a, an American um, generally um, uh, astronaut crew who is uh, part of what is it? The Space Shuttle Explorer who's performing uh Looks like performing uh, um, repairs to the Hubble Space Telescope, if I, if I, right. I believe, and <clears throat> and we're with them for a few minutes, and then what we find out is that um, there is a debris cloud coming their way. Uh, the Russians have shot down uh, one of their spy satellites um, that was malfunctioning or that had gone bad, 
um, and was being de- decommissioned. And that debris has run into has has basically hit other satellites and created just a huge cloud of debris that's coming their way. They're ordered to abort the mission immediately. They're unable to really do so and get out of the way before the debris cloud comes. It totally fucks shit up, for lack of a better word, um, and completely scatters, kills most of the crew, um, and um, sends um, Sandra Bullock's character, um, Rhinestone, hurtling out into space. The mission commander, Matt Kowalski, played by George Clooney, uh, goes to rescue her. And then that kind of starts the rest of the movie that the two of them are kind of trapped in space and have to try to find a way back, find a way down to Earth um, with this debris cloud still hurtling up having no spacecraft of their own um, to, to, you know, to, to navigate. And that's kind of, you know, the movie goes from there. That's, 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 that's a premise without spoiling what happens. You did a great job. Thank you. I'm proud of you. Yeah, I appreciate it. So when this movie came out, uh, ooh, I think Paul, I, thinks, I, think, I think Paul thinks I did a great job too. I always think you do a great job. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, before I get into kind of um, what I thought of, um, I'm going to rephrase the question. Sure. Nish, the second time you've seen it, yeah. the second time I've seen it, did you enjoy it the first time? Did I enjoy it the first time? Yeah. Um, yeah, I did. Because I did too. I really liked it the first time. Yeah. And did you enjoy it as much the second time? Tough thing to say. So um, I... I would say I generally did, but in a very different way. Like, it was weird knowing what happens in the movie, watching it again. But I will say that I was maybe more... It was weird. I was more heart in my throat for for the action sequences than I was before. I think it's a byproduct of me getting older. We've talked... Really? Yeah, and I'll tell you why. Because we've talked on the show when we watched um, Stowaway and when I did the miniflex on the first season of Away as well so all the other space things we've watched um and i noted how incredibly scared i get when people are just out in space and i felt like that was hitting me again even though i knew full well what happens and i knew full well right. when something bad was going to happen or when something when the you know when they were going to be okay it's still like just watching them and like I, it's something I don't know. As I've gotten older, I just can't help but put myself in that thing. And like every time, just thinking to myself, it's like I'd be fucking dead. Like my muscles would have given out. I wouldn't have like been able to hold on to shit. Like I just, you know. So like just like that's what that that's why I still felt you know that way. It sounds like obviously you were different, and I think that was a very peculiar to just the way I am with these types of movies nowadays no, i mean it's interesting i guess that was my recollection of seeing it the first time which i didn't want to spoil it and that's why i stumbled all over the first question is um i don't watch horror movies as we know right but one of the things i i understand about people that really love horror movies is that um that feeling you get that that, that tingly feeling on your neck or the um the, the physical the fight or fight or flight response that your body gets watching the movies. And I had that like that adre- almost like an adrenaline ru- rush watching it the first time. I don't know if I really liked the movie. I just remember being like, whoa, I was like a roller coaster. Did I, you, it was did, quite an adrenaline rush the whole time. The first time. I, I assume you watched it in the theater the first no. time you didn't. Okay. I yeah. I watched it. I watched it in the theater and I also feel like that oh. made a difference for me as well. Like watching it on a big screen with the like sound and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to get Paul, um, 
how did the intensity level of the movie being <laughs> that you've now told us what you thought it was going to be talky like we can all admit like straight out this is an intense movie like tip to toe it's just intense but, but like how, how did that hit you paul um yeah i mean it, it hit me a little bit sideways because like i said i was totally not expecting that to happen and i think f- the the thing the thing for me was the movie didn't hold a lot of tension for me watching it. And I've been trying to think about why it didn't hold a lot of tension. And primarily, I think the reason is this movie doesn't do any work to establish the ground rules of the universe that it's in. Um, this movie is not set in present day. It's set in some time in the relatively near future. Like they have tech that doesn't exist. Right. Um, I would, I would say it's probably in te- it came out in 2013 and I would say it's probably intended to maybe take place 20 or so years in the future, maybe like, like yeah, 20, 20, 2030s, something like that. Yeah, that feels right. Yeah. Um, that answers one of my questions. Cause like when I was watching the movie, I'm like, what's with all these unmanned space stations? Like, well, no, they were just, manned. They were, they, they, they were manned. They were because because they note with the International Space Station, they note very specifically that it's already been evacuated hmm. and that like one of Still. one of the uh, craft are gone and the other one is the one she uses. It just seemed like there was like a whole lot of space stations up there that these that these two could hop around to in a way that doesn't exist now. Well, I mean, that is part of the thing for me was like knowing what I do know about space. I was like, none of this. This is all impossible. So it became like a thing where it's like, uh, I, I guess there's tension, but like I, I don't really understand what the stakes are because I don't understand what's possible and what's hard and what's easy and like what they can do and what they can't do. And it was just like, all right, like it seems like they can like do a lot. Like it, it, it <laughs> I, I hesitate to bring it up, but it, not nearly to this extent, but it reminded me a little bit of Midnight Sky insofar as like, okay, this is a movie where the main character should have died five times already. And it's like, all right, uh, let's keep going, I guess, you know. Um, <laughs> and at that point, like, it's it's hard for me to, it's hard for me to feel the tension at that point, if that makes sense. I still felt it the second time around, but knowing, as you can imagine, this movie where it's not a lot, I don't think it's very plot heavy. They did try and work in some stuff about her daughter at the very end that felt very wedged in there. <clears throat> I remember when I watched it in the theater, that was the part that I felt worked the least. And I still felt that way this time, although I thought the introduction of it was fine. Like when he first asks her, like when he's trying to keep conversation with her, when her oxygen is running low and they're, they're uh, kind of getting on the way to the international space station and he bring, and she kind of brings it up. Like, I feel like that was well done. It's, it's later on when it comes up more when she's alone, that it felt a little like, "Mm -hmm." Like, like I get it, but I didn't, I don't know. I didn't need that. That being said, like, I do know, you know, there are people like, I'm not one of those people who always needs an emotional hook to a movie. And Mm -hmm. I felt like that was the emotional hook to the movie. And there are people who I feel like respond better when there's an emotional hook to the movie. So I understand that I feel like this movie played better to people I know who like, who who wouldn't have liked it as much if that part of it hadn't been there. Me, I didn't care about it. Like I could have done without it. Like it would have just been fine if it was just like, yeah, like she doesn't have to have something to come back to or not. Like there's just a, there's an, like there's an innate sense. I mean, she doesn't have anything to come back to, which I think is like part of the issue, I guess. But like, 
you know, like there's there's a general will to survive, period, you know, mm-hmm. in, in, in humans. And I think that would have been enough generally. And she didn't have to have a, you know, she doesn't have to have no one down there to also be that beat down midway through. Like, right. I feel like, you know, I could have been up there and had, you know, I have plenty of people to come back to and could have still felt the same way. Just like Jesus, like kind of <clears throat> kind of to your point, Paul, it's like I'm still alive miraculously. And yet everything keeps going wrong and everything will keep going wrong. And like, why am I still fighting? I really thought you were saying something was just like Jesus. Um, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I think I think just even just talking through it now, I think one of the things that like set me off a little bit was the opening. There's like an opening little, I don't know, not a crawl, but there's like an opening few sentences of like space facts, right? Like space. Here's here's the deal about space, and it gave me the impression that like we are making like this is a serious, realistic space movie. Um, is what that gave me the impression of. And I was like, oh, awesome. I'm here for that. And then like things kept happening. I'm like, that's not how space works. That's not how space works. That's not what's going to happen. Like, um, and that it, it, I feel like it set, it set me up for something that, it, that it then didn't deliver. Right. Like I have no problem with unrealistic space movies. Like I watch fucking sci-fi all the time. Um, I just felt like they like feigned in that direction and then went the other way on me. Can I, can I, um, dive in on that a little bit then? Um, Cause it sounds like there's a bunch of things I would, I want to nitpick on, but um, I want to first fundamentally just peel back kind of your biggest issues with the movie. Cause it's, I, by the way, uh, I'll, I'll just let you know ahead of time. Like first time I saw it really, really liked this. And second time I thought it was still pretty good, mm. but I noticed a lot more wrong the second time through, because I think the tension forgave a lot of sins the first time for me. So kind of fundamentally is your big issue just that space rules don't, don't, don't exist in this space. Is it, um, lack of character development? Is it lack of plot? Like what, what, what pulling back? I mean, I want to, well, we're going to nitpick down to the, like, does it really work when you have a fire, fire extinguisher in space? Does that, does that actually propel you? I mean, no, I'm I'm not going to, but I think, I I mean, I think the thing is like, it was serious, realistic space movie and, and still it, until it didn't need to be for plot reasons. Like, for instance, like the scenario they came up with where, I guess, <laughs> to move heavily into spoiler territory, where George Clooney sacrifices himself. Like, none of that would have happened that way. Like, he could have untethered himself and he he wouldn't have moved away. He would have just sat where he was. Yeah, <clears throat> that's actually, like, specifically pointed out. Like, like Alfonso Cuaron has addressed that and said like, yeah, like I took liberties there. Like that's not a thing that happens in physics. It needed to happen for the plot to move forward. Like that's a specific point where, because there's no centrifugal force on them and because of the way zero G works, like the rope doesn't go slack either or like, or, or doesn't go taut rather. Right. The, 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 the same way. Oh, you just, you just sit there. Yeah. Oh Jesus. Because, because that. at that point there was no force acting on him anymore. Right. Like they had stopped. Right. Kind of right. like she right. was holding him. He wasn't propelling himself away. Right. right. Exactly. Like before he was like, he, like, you know, and he had to, she had to catch him and all that. But like, yeah, there's some interesting things and maybe it's, it's, there's some errors that drive you up a wall. But the, the thing to point out is all these movies were referencing after this one, Stowaway and blah, blah, like the, the effects on this movie, I don't think had been done before in the way they were done in this movie. No, and they no. were, this, I this, think they held up and were yeah. unbelievably good. Still, This movie was like, I, I remember when it came out, like this movie was like a milestone for special effects. They, this movie had a real trailer, but what I saw was, um, in at comic con before this came out, 
they released the first 12 minutes of the film. And that's what got put on like um, on YouTube and everything. And like I saw that and I was like, holy fucking shit. Like, how did they shoot this? Like, what is this? Like it was and, you know, and it's all one unbroken shot, basically the first 12 minutes of the film as well. Um, And it's very cool to read about how they shot this movie. Yeah, the, um, the, the, don't get me wrong. The movie looks unbelievably good. Like it yeah. looks like it's yeah. shot in space, yeah. which yeah. is that like, is. I mean, really that is does. the best part of the movie. Is 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 the scene is where visually. she's finally gets her suit off after almost suffocating and is just floating there, like laying on her back. Is like wow, like yeah, that even looks even just a so little, yeah. real, yeah, yeah, yeah. The movie is eighty percent CG, and I mean that's it's impressive that. That scene was not CG. I believe that was like 12 mini strings holding her up. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's unbelievable. It yeah. Was. I mean, her leg is in a brace and they CG'd out her leg in the brace and right. put a fake leg in there instead and stuff. Right. Um, right. Yeah. And there's a lot of other stuff they talked about where it's yeah. like, you know, they, they did a lot of stuff with the camera rotating around to like simulate the, you know, kind of the zero G and rolling around like when they're outside and stuff like that. And then the big thing was like the thing they call a light box which was basically like a like a nine foot box that was full of LEDs that they would put one actor in and then it would swirl around. And that's how they got like in the outside scenes, like only their faces are actually being shot. Everything else is CGI. And to get mm. the lighting right on their on their faces where, you know, it's like the earth is lighting and then the sun is lighting them. There's no light and it's like whirling around. That's how they did it. They shot their faces in this thing called a light box where it was like swirling around and getting the light right on their faces as it went by. It, it looks How cool. Is that? It looks How so cool. Is that? Like all, yeah, yeah. the whole movie looks just amazingly good. Um, it's, it's really, really impressive what yeah. they were able to pull off with that. Like there's, and there's, like you said, there's that opening 12 minute shot. Um, and there's several other like pretty long shots in, in yeah. the movie that are just like pretty crazy. And yeah, it looks, it looks really good. Yeah. Get you get tired of all the challenges that she that she went through. To me, the first time I saw it, I was like, I think maybe I just didn't know each next one was coming. And by the second time seeing it, I was like, all right, like we could we could have done without a challenge for five minutes in this movie and had a little more character development. It's hard to do a lot of character development when there's really only one character. Kind of, but is it like it's not like Tom Hanks was fucking you know facing sure epic challenges 45, 45 out of you know forty six minutes and Castaway here that like yeah no no Bullock that's the, it's no slouch you know she can hold her own yeah no definitely a good point that is definitely a good point yeah it's it's interesting because I kind of thought um that for me um the um. What was I going to say? Sorry, I lost lost my uh, train of thought there. Oh, it was that um, the I'm totally losing it. Also, my okay, you're freezing a little bit out. too. Yeah, I was going to say like that. That's actually what made me totally lose my train of thought going in. I'm going to write it down. Yeah, so yeah, you should. Yeah, you should do that. What's the matter? You guys can't yeah. survive without me. I started my thing started freezing all of a sudden and I was in the middle of talking and I totally lost where what I was going to say. Well, write it down, boys. She's finally asleep. Nice. Count it. Hooray. Hooray. Anybody remember what I asked last? 
You were talking about the character. Uh, Sandra Bullock. San- Sandra Bullock. No slouch. She can carry her own. And then you were going to say something. Yeah. No. I think. I think you're definitely right about you know there being a possibility for more character development. I was going to say like one one thing that I did feel was. The movie, I mean, it's already 90 minutes and really less, which is quick. And it felt like it went by even quicker for me this time because I knew exactly what was like when it got to a certain point. It's like, you know, it's like, OK, she's in the Soyuz now. It's like and and because I knew it, it's like, OK, this is the part where she hallucinates George Clooney. Like, it's coming. Like, I just got to wait for it. And mm-hmm. it's like, OK, once that happens, like now she gets to the Chinese station. And then it's like and I kind of forgot with some of them how quick some of the stuff was like when she gets to the Chinese station. It's like, oh, it's already going down. And it's like she immediately they're like going down into the atmosphere and she has to get into the capsule and everything. Um, so and then other ones I kind of like there was the one scene I had forgotten about was like I had remembered it vaguely. And it's one of the most like heart thumping scenes in the movie, which is where she has to go out on the Soyuz and get the parachute off. And then the debris cloud comes in the middle of it and cuts the ISS to shreds like while she's mm-hmm. there. Um, and I had kind of forgotten how long, like that's a, a that's the second longest sequence probably like a, of, of the movie, like that kind of unbroken sequence of everything just falling apart right behind her. And then all the shrapnel coming towards her and all that. Yeah. Um, I didn't remember. I didn't remember her almost drowning when she touched down. I didn't remember that either. Actually, like one last thing she has to do. Basically. It's like, oh, come on. Like, give this <laughs> yeah. shit a break. She just landed. Like, does the inside of the thing need to catch on fire? And then she need to almost drown in order to like. It would have like, been gonna, wild if she just had drowned there. And that was the end. Like, she didn't. She, she didn't get out and just like, oh, she yeah. made it back. Yeah. And she yeah. cooked and she cooked inside the capsule. I, I do remember um, watching it the first time. I remember like being thrown off. Because, again, like this is one of these things where, you know, doesn't occur to me at the time, even though it very much should have. And it probably did within a minute. But like when George Clooney comes back into the capsule, like definitely being like, how the fuck did that happen? Like kind of thing. And this time, like it didn't even occur to me. And, and this time, obviously, knowing I looked and it's like, oh, well, she doesn't even have her suit on. And he opens the and he opens the hatch and comes in. And it's like, well, she would have like she would have died right there. Um and I, I didn't pick up on that the first time that it's like, well, oh, really? clearly, no, not, not, not the first time, probably just because I wasn't looking for it. Right. Like I wasn't watching for what happened. She, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure she would have just up and died. Like, I think they played it straight. But like the funny I don't thing think is she would have died immediately, but it would have been, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, but, but the, the funny thing is based on like everything else that happened in the movie, I was. Uh, it, it worked on me because I was just like, yep, this is that kind of bonkers movie where like he fucking did something and like got back <laughs> like, all right, fine, here we go. And so it, like it, it got me. And then, it, and then, yeah, obviously that wasn't the case. I was like, oh, OK, you got me there, movie. Good job. Right. Well, you got me movie. It, it got me for a minute until he pulled out the bottle of vodka. And I was like, OK, that's <laughs> like something weird's going on. Yeah. What did you think about Clooney and, and their interplay? Um, he comes across as pretty fucking creepy. Um like talking about how attractive she is and how she must be attracted to him. And like, I, I get that later he's using it to like disarm her and like try to calm her down. But like he, he does it enough beforehand too, that I'm like, dude, c- cut it out. Like that's super not cool. <laughs> like don't do that. Keep it in, keep it in your spacesuit, buddy. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, thought- I do, I do like him. I mean, I think, uh, I think one of the parts that like even this time and again, like some of it was that like the first time I think I was just so like, like you said, Willie, it's like a roller coaster ride of a movie. Um, 
so like this time I was able to like, you know, kind of pay attention to other parts of it a little more. And I do find it like incredibly, I find it fairly sad, like in a way, like it's like when he, when he untethers and he's floating out there and then like, he's still walking her through. Like, it's like, like, where's the airlock? Talk to her. Yeah. What? Yeah. Well, he can still talk to her. Yeah. Uh, until he gets out of range. Right. So it's like, yeah. And he, and, and when he spends that time to like walk her back to the, you know, it's like, where's the airlock? Like, are you almost there? Like your CO2 is like, like you're breathing in CO2. That's why you're getting lightheaded. Like, keep going. Like, are you almost at the airlock? Like that kind of thing. Eh, what else was he going to do? Well, yeah, but it's still sad to like, think of someone and it's like, well, they're, they know they're not, you know, she says later, like, I'm going to die today. And like, you know, it's weird to know when you're going to die. And I thought it's like, well, he certainly knew it. Like, and he really mm. did die. Like he was, he was out there floating away. And like, that's pretty, pretty rough way to go. Yeah. But I, I could also see the attitude of like, I just fucking killed myself so you could live. Like you better fucking get inside there. Oh like, yeah. yeah, yeah I'm sure. going to make sure. Like, I no, 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 this. absolutely. And I would definitely yeah. feel that way if I were her, like watching him float away, being like, you can't like not, you can't just like let go or something right now. Like you got to go. Yeah. <laughs> she really in that. Do we know how long she, this, this was supposed to take place over? Like what, what was the time frame she went from? About, about, uh, it's, it's about, uh, th- a little more than three hours, right? Yeah. Or because l- they, we they established that it takes 90 debris, minutes for the 90 debris minutes, cloud. Yeah. And it hits twice. And then there's a few minutes before it starts. Right. Hmm. Where, where the other guy gets a fucking satellite through his head. Right. Any idea, any idea where she landed? I couldn't tell. I was no. trying to figure out like what part of, like there, there are parts where you can tell where on the where on the earth they are, you know, they're going over like, like there's definitely a part where you can very clearly see like the Sinai Peninsula and like the Nile river and stuff like that. And there's in the beginning, like my kids, I, I because I was watching it, I had the kids watch the first scene uh, with me. I forgot how much talking there was before the shit goes down. So at first they're just like, like, are they just going to talk forever? And I was like, it looks pretty cool. I was like, you know, they're not really in space, right? Like, like it looks like they're out in space. I was like, they're yes, not, they Dad. didn't shoot this in we space. Know. By the way, I read and I looked for it afterwards that there's a little in-joke that they did where in the opening scene, I think before everything happens, there's a part where they're talking and uh, George Clooney kind of floats by. And in the reflection of his visor, there's a reflection of an astronaut with a camera and an astronaut with a boom mic as if they're filming it out in space that they kind of added in there. That's clever. Yeah. I thought that was kind of funny. The other, the other in joke, I guess, I mean, it's less of a really small in joke is that, you know, obviously the voice of mission control in the movie is Ed Harris, which is I kind of a, yeah, that. which is like a Apollo 13 thing, nod to Apollo mm-hmm. 13. Yeah, he's the one basically <laughs> who's mission control in the beginning of with the when he's telling his stories and stuff like that. That's cool. Yeah. Fundamentally, what do we think about the direction of the movie then? Is there much to I, I feel like the director should have a pretty heavy hand in at least walking Sandra Bullock through what her emotion should be over those three hours. And frankly, if I think back, I'm just talking out loud now, right? But, um, you know, in the first the first scene when that first bit of debris hits hits there um she is really afraid yeah and she kind of doesn't shake that until Clooney gets 
launched out and she doesn't have the opportunity to do anything but move forward. So I don't know. Like, I think it's, it was probably good direction, but I've never seen this guy's other movies either. Yeah. I mean, he's a really good director. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he, like, I, I think like one of the things, and I hadn't really thought about this, but I think one of the things that he had to do with Sandra Bullock, especially is, and you wouldn't think this from this movie, but like knowing how it was shot and everything, there's a lot of choreography involved in this movie. Like, there's a lot of precise movements that he had to guide her through and that they had to figure out together, like especially when they're outside in space that have to look mm. spontaneous the whole way. Like all this scrabbling on, you know, all over the, the, you know, the spaceship and all that kind of stuff, trying to get handholds sure. moving from one side to the other and kind of, you know, with, with the ropes and all that kind of stuff. Um, so that was really well done. I mean, it, and it must have been grueling. I can only imagine how grueling it was for Sandra Bullock to do all that. I mean, it feels like a grueling movie to, to have mm-hmm. to have shot. Um, so I thought that was really well done. I think we've talked about like and and sorry, and similar to that, like, I think what you kind of said about like how she had to like her, her emotions and then also how those would manifest, like in terms of her breathing, which is very like forefront. You know, it's it's upfront very much in the beginning, especially in terms of her, um, in terms of her, uh, you know, her breathing due to stress. And then she's also losing oxygen, you know, in like the first half hour or so, especially of the movie. Um, and no, he won, he won, he, he won did. best director. Yeah. For yeah. He won, yeah. he won best director for this. This was, this won seven Academy Awards. Um, well, it was definitely, he, Sandra Bullock was nominated and, yep. and it was nominated for best picture. Yep. Yeah. It definitely, obviously, no surprise. It won cinematography, film editing, visual, all the things, visual right? effects. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. So, yeah, no, it did, uh, it did really well. Um, so yeah, I thought. I mean, I thought the direction was generally pretty good. I mean, it's hard, right? Because, like you said, like the one thing maybe that it it really could have used was more in the way of uh, like character development. And that's maybe less on the directorial side of things and more on the screenplay, um, which I think he also did. So there's, there's, he did the there's screenplay for children of he did the screenplay for children of men too. Yeah, he does some. He likes some dark topics. Huh? Oh yeah, he definitely does. And of course, he directed Children of Men, which is a great. Yeah. Right. I just rewatched that recently. Yeah. It holds up. So it's good. So really good. It's so good. And it's got. I mean, he's he's got those great tracking shots like that. You know, he's got. Yeah. There are two terrific shots in Children of Men. I know this, we're not talking about Children of Men now, but like the shot in the car. The drive. The yeah. Yeah. Machine. The shot yeah, in the car. Crazy. And then later on, there's the shot in the battlefield, like when they're fighting yeah. that goes through yeah. the entire battlefield. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's got. Yeah. He's got a real eye for. I mean, and his cinematographers. Obviously, I don't know if it's the same guy who did cinematography for both. But any mu- any music stick out to you guys? Was there a lot of music? <laughs> it, yeah, uh, that's what I was gonna it, ask. It was a very specific. Like there wasn't really a lot of music that was music. Like like it wasn't really music you'd listen to exactly. But there were definitely cues whenever like whenever that debris cloud was starting to come or whenever something had it was like almost this pulsing like like kind of thing. Like I can't really imitate it, but. It was effective, no, was like, but it's not. But it's you but, keep but trying. It's, yeah. <laughs> well, keep keep going. It was good. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, no, sorry, that's right. I'll, I'll I'll send you guys my stylings of the Gravity soundtrack uh, <laughs> later on. No, but it's it it. I I feel like it was effective, but it's not the kind of soundtrack that you'd like hum along to or like you know, you know what I mean. 
<laughs> that humming the gravity even, soundtrack. Even though I did. <laughs> That's right. Can't get that um, gravity soundtrack out of my head. <laughs> that and we don't talk about Bruno. They're stuck. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, Paul, I know you were not a big fan. So is there, is there anything else you want to cover? Anything else you want to dig in? Any pet peeves or... or Frankly, the other way around. Anything you enjoyed about this movie? I mean, I mean, we talked about the, you know the look, the effects of this movie, which I I quite liked. I actually did like Sandra Bullock for the most part in this movie. Um, I thought she did a, a really good job portraying someone who was like basically having the worst three hours of their life is like totally in over her head, but like falls she does a like but falls back on her training to get the job done and like she, which I think is a hard thing to portray, right? That notion of like. I kind of know what I'm doing or I know where to look for things and I'm just barely kind of holding it all together while I'm doing it. And I, and I thought she did a really good job with it. And, um, and, and Clooney too, like despite, you know, my other comments, like, you know, he, his role in this movie was to be, um, you know, like competent and charming and like a calming influence while he was around. And I think he did a good job uh, Agreed. doing that. So <laughs> by and large, I would say, you know, um, that I like the acting in this movie, and um, yeah, so I like I like the acting. I like the special right. effects. Yeah. And Should we put some like. grades on this thing? Let's do it. Okay, I'm gonna start with Nash. Okay. Um. Yeah, the art grades are maybe gonna be a bit all over the place on this one. It'll be interesting. Um, I, you know, l- like I said, it was a different experience watching this movie the second time, but I always really liked this movie um and i still think i do i you know it may maybe you know i i get what paul's saying but for whatever reason it didn't stick with me and it may have just been you know what you think you're getting going in to some extent as well um but i i really think this movie was like an achievement and watching it like even nine years later watching it it's it's like yeah, I still boggle thinking like it's like 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 even knowing how they did it, it still felt very impressive that it's like, man, like it like just such an impressive movie. And I love that it's less than 90 minutes. Like when when you look at the part that you're actually watching, like it just mm-hmm. it is it really is kind of a thrill ride and it, it goes by. Um, so I liked it a lot. You know, I didn't like it as much, I will say the second time um, overall, but I, I still liked it a lot. So. I'll give it a four, four out of five. Okay. I thought about four and a half. I'll, I'll, I'll stick with four. Polly, what you got? I totally recognize that this movie is a huge technical achievement and it totally like deserves all of that credit that it gets. It's like totally well-earned. Um, and I think, you know, for the reasons that I mentioned before, like it, I, I didn't feel the tension and it didn't, mm-hmm. large parts of it didn't work that well for me. But all that being said, like I am going to give this movie a two and a half um, at the end of the day because of that other stuff is the stuff that's good in this movie is so good um, that like it's it's a and like you said, Nish, it's short. Like it's a movie. Like if you care about movies, you should watch this movie regardless of like anything else because there's enough stuff in there to be like, wow, that's really impressive, right? It's interesting. Achievement's a good word. I was like, let me, is there anything in the, in the thesaurus that's a better description? But like, nah, man, it's, it's a, it's a good description here. Um, first time I watched this, I would have definitely pegged it at a 4.5 and it comes down probably a whole grade for me. Um, 
I think it's not because I think anything less of the movie. I honestly just think on second viewing, when you know it's going to come, it's going to drop down for you a little bit. Sure. I think that's undeniable. And for me, I don't know, maybe just the fact that there was, um, it was just action, 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 action. And there was not a break in the action, which worked the first time for me, but the, the dopamine release or the fight or flight response wasn't effective this time as around. So I just didn't enjoy it as much, but all the things that I loved about the first time, holy shit, does this movie look good? And I thought Sandra Bullock and George Clooney were both excellent. So it's a three and a half. If you know what's coming first time seeing it though, I think it's, I think it's a solid four and a half movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it was, it, it hit you this, this movie, um, it lost best picture that year to 12 years a slave, which hmm. I think it was always going to do. I mean, uh, and 12 years a slave, you know, I, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but I mean, that's, that yeah, that's a really good movie good. and a really impactful yeah. movie. Like I have nothing against it. I personally still would have voted for this movie. Had I, had I a vote, I, I just feel like this movie is, huh. is I, I feel like I, I mean, tw- 12 years a slave has some great performances and I'll give it that, you know, it's, Lupita Nyong'o is great. And, Chiwetel IG4 is great. We all love Chiwetel. But um, but I also kind of feel like that movie to me blends after a while into like a bunch of Civil War movies, you know, in a way. And mm-hmm. and this I feel like stands out to me largely for the technical part of it. But you know what? Like that's fine with me. <laughs> like if, if yeah, a movie's whatever. Yeah. If a movie's this technically great. But you know, again, your mileage can vary, obviously, as to the rest of the movie. Um, I do wish I, I wish I could have gotten like swept up for the ride because I could see how it could be like quite a ride for a movie. And, you know, it's it's that ephemeral thing where like sometimes a movie just doesn't click. And if it yeah. just doesn't click, like it just doesn't. And like, you know, see all the technical bits that you complain about. I like I just didn't know the things that were were, were not possible in space. I can go along with that ride without a problem. I didn't know you didn't you get pulled away and that you just floated there in place. That definitely changes that scene for me. <laughs> yeah, again, like if, if they hadn't tried to ground it so much in reality in the beginning, I would, I'm sure I would be way more forgiving of it. But it felt like, you know, serious depiction of space movie coming, uh, except when we don't need it to be. And it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that's fair. I definitely understand that. What can I say, though? Not all of us have been to, have been to space camp. So we're not all as big space nerds as I am. <laughs> that's right. Good. <laughs> Good point. I mean, you know, like like you said, you you gave it a you gave it a two and a half with all of that. So I feel like that that says something about it. That even even like with the fact that you weren't swept up in it at all, like it still made it to like kind of average movie level. Oh, oh we yeah. we should play a game of this or that. So Paul, hmm? next weekend I'm gonna make you watch one movie, Stowaway or this movie. Which one? This or that? Wait, what? <laughs> I'm gonna make you. I'm gonna make you rewatch he's, he's, one of these space movies. Pick one. Uh, Stowaway or this movie? Oh, I'm definitely picking this movie. Um, was it? Did we? Didn't we do another space movie? Or was that just you and me, Nish? I think it was just the two of us. But it, I mean, feels, I am, it feels like we've done a lot more space stuff on this, doesn't it? But no, I don't think so. I am also the kind of person who is comfortable watching a movie like this for the technical achievement and just enjoying that aspect of it. Like I could totally do that and I'm happy to do it. Yeah. Um, I can so, too. Yeah. Now that you know what you're getting into, you don't have to like give a shit about the plot so much. You can just enjoy the visuals more or less. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
it's it's almost like the other way for me and Willie, where it's like we were so caught up in it. And this time, like knowing what was happening, especially for you, Willie, there was more of like, oh, like I see some things that are kind of whatever. And like with you, Paul, it's almost like if you watch it again, it's like, well, now I know like stuff that I don't like in this. I don't have to worry. I don't have to get annoyed that the plot isn't doing, you know, what I think it should do. Yeah, I think there's a decent chance that if some time goes by and I rewatch this, that my rating would go up. Oh, interesting. I can see that. Um, all right, so so that uh, that's a nice little bow on it, and we don't really have anything post um, post movie to chat through on uh, on our no agenda podcast here, our slight agenda podcast. <laughs> don't call it that. Is there is it Paul? Real quick, is there a podcast called Slight Agenda? That seems unlike. <laughs> that seems like people have an agenda of slighting other people. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like he's got a slight agenda here. Welcome you know? to Slight Agenda. Who's pissing you off this week? <laughs> That's right. Um, I noticed I was reading an article the other day about all the streaming services and who's winning and who's not, and I I can't remember the number, but. Uh, yeah. I read something that Paramount Plus lost like $415 million this year for Paramount. Do you guys have Paramount Plus? Have you ever used it? Is it just a fucking rubbish? Is it just a rubbish product or what's the story? No, it's fine. Actually, um, we, we actually, it's, it might be the streaming service we watch the most actually. What's on it? I mean, Star Trek, Paramount stuff, but there is Star Trek stuff, although I'm not currently watching any of it, but like right now it's mostly TV shows and not a lot of movies. Um, so, uh, my wife watches a lot of reality TV show on it. Um, we watch, um, I can, what is it? The amazing race on it and stuff like that. And Do it's you guys like, watch Yellowstone, which is no, probably, probably the biggest show on Paramount plus, right? No, we haven't seen Yellowstone. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it is. And like, and you know, we, we watch like trashy TV on <laughs> Paramount plus, but like, Hey, you know, you gotta get it somewhere. Right. So we, we watch that quite a bit. So I, I like Paramount plus. That being said, I could easily imagine any year that you launch a new streaming service, you're probably going to lose money that year because yeah. it fucking probably takes a shitload of money to get that service off the ground. And it's a while it's before true. you get the subscriber base. Yeah. yeah. I think about Disney Plus and Apple TV, Apple Plus, whatever it Apple is, TV whatever Plus. it's called. <laughs> they basically kind of they gave it away. Not only that, like i got my verizon i got verizon paid for my disney plus for a year or some shit yeah. i can't remember some, yeah mine too like, yep That's which means disney probably paid verizon for that or something yeah yeah probably um yeah totally like so i think it's 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 a long game right like it's not like no one lost a streaming service to be like we're gonna fucking succeed in our first year right like that's not what you do you have to build your base which is you know like you said why like disney and stuff gave it away um, it's funny, like, you, you know, you mentioned earlier, like, I feel like, you know, we watched actually a lot of HBO for, um, for this and HBO is probably the streaming service where I watch the most movies for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in, I'm into HBO max. I think it's a good product and they are releasing good stuff. I wanted to tell you guys that, um, I hi- highly recommend I've been watching the peacemaker and it is the show that I can't wait to see the most right now when it comes out. It, it's, I just laugh my ass off. I laugh. I literally LOL. <laughs> you know, a show is funny when you watch it by yourself and you're cackling out loud. Yeah, that's that is true. And it happens at least once an episode with that show. Yeah, I, I can totally see. That. Yeah, I, I probably will watch that. You guys didn't like 
the Suicide Squad, I did. though. And you, oh, Paul, you did. no, I, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Paul, Paul, Paul didn't you, like it. Do you remember what you thought of that character as a whole, Paul? Yeah, I hated him. Yeah, he was. He was. I think. I think he was like Paul's least favorite part of the, of the movie. Yeah, with with a bullet. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, it's him. It's him. But times like seven. It's it's turned all the way up. Yeah. So you probably hate it. Yeah. But I loved it. That's okay. I mean, it's fine. Like uh, you know, I, it's clearly like not a show for me, and that's fine. Like, it's a lot of TV I've been like getting into, which we'll probably have many flicks on. But I've been starting watching Peacemaker. I definitely am going to see the book of Boba Fett. I haven't started it yet, but I did start um, Hawkeye this week too. Nish. Oh, nice. Oh, I haven't started that yet, but I I am well. As of today, there's a new episode of Book of Boba Fett that I haven't watched, but yeah. I'm mostly up to date on that. We did just finish. We were putting it off for a while. We did just finish season two of Ted Lasso. Um, which oh my you really pushed that off yeah we did because it's it's my wife and i like to watch that show together but you know we can't have my daughter in the room because of the language so it's hard to find time to watch it but we watched it and i i don't think we're gonna do mini flicks on it but i i really liked it like it's yes it's not the first season but man i love that fucking show i love love that that show show so much so good (laughs) um you know it's coming out very shortly i don't know if you either of you guys watch it but the third or fourth season of marvelous mrs Maisel is coming out i yeah no i haven't watched it i heard it's good but it's never great. yeah i've seen a few random episodes but yeah i don't watch it regularly i feel like that's the only that is like the show amazon prime has going mm-hmm. for it i think you're right i can't think of another one that like has been a consistent like the the other one was transparent and i feel like you know transparent had its off-screen issues I, Basically. What about the uh, what about what was it the man in the high castle? I was gonna say yeah, I got into that one. I, I, and that I feel was like that was good, very high was concept, not... but I, I like you didn't really hear that much about it after it came out. Like the way, like the like marvelous Ms. Maisel like wins like awards and shit, and like people yeah talk about yeah. Man in the high castle is their uh, puffy chair. There you go. <laughs> it was their first show they put out. No, I, I actually did enjoy that show quite a bit. Amazon, I would definitely, I would not pay for if I did not get it with my Prime subscription for sure. Most definitely not. There's nothing on there. I do, I do tend to rent or buy things through Amazon for some reason. Me too. Yeah. Why is that? I don't know why. They they tend to have more stuff to rent or buy is is what I've noticed. Like, like even you know, even if some movie is not streaming anywhere else, you can usually find it to rent there before any other place i I still do it all on youtube though i still do it all through apple like through the you know the apple tv app if i need to rent or buy something i still do it there um amazon i hate because they fucking they just mix in the pay stuff with the free stuff so much like oh i'm gonna watch this and it's like yeah you can't watch it or it's like hey you watched the first season and you liked it now you gotta pay for the rest of the season right yeah i hate that part yeah i mean hulu is a really bad offender of that too yeah like I have a Hulu, I have a paid Hulu membership too. And when I go to watch shows, they still show me fucking ads. And I'm like, what is this? Mm. Hulu might be like one of the very few streaming services I do not pay for and don't have. I don't remember what the, oh, mm, I don't remember. One of the services I, that was like the deal. Get this and you get Hulu, Disney Plus and And ESPN. ESPN. Yeah. Yeah. They had that that bundle for everything. Yep. Yeah. I think it was that bundle for like, it was like, pretty cheap right it was like twelve dollars or something like that a month and you get all three bucks. of them i don't know i was getting it no matter what because like i'm gonna watch ufc so like i'm getting espn plus just and i'm not gonna like i'm definitely gonna get disney plus too i was like well might as well just lump hulu in there there you go <laughs> yeah i can't think of 
what have I watched on Hulu? I watched Palm Springs all the way back when I feel like they have Rick and Morty on there. I feel like I've watched that sometimes. They do. Yeah. They have that show. That's um, on HBO as well. That's where I watch it. Now it is. Yeah. Yeah. This is. Yeah. I think I was watching some of them before HBO Max even came out. Only Murders in the Building is great. Oh, and that's on that's on Hulu. That's a Hulu original. Fair and then I guess everybody likes The Handmaid's Tale. I've never yeah, seen it. I, that, I mean, I mean, I'm sure it's good, but it's it's too fucking depressing for me to like even. Oh, consider. for sure, hundred yeah. percent. The irony, uh, well, irony given the name of our show is probably outside of Amazon, we probably watch the least amount of Netflix as far as like streaming goes. Yeah, me too. I would say. I basically watched the Great British Bake Show, and that's it on Netflix. Should we should we rebrand to Pod Max? <laughs> Pod Max Plus. Pod Max Plus. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, the thing I've used Netflix for the most is putting on like uh, putting on like uh, Pokemon cartoon episodes on for my kids. Mm. Probably. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, it's not even me watching it. Guys, um, season three of Too Hot for Too Hot to Handle just came out. Great. <laughs> on Netflix. I don't know what that is. I'm excited. We talked about it, right? Did, Hot Person it? Island. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. They, they, all, they all have fucking such generic names. They do. Like, it, they it's really impossible do. to know what they are. Yeah. That means that there's only uh, there's only so much time before we get one of those shows called No Sudden Move. <laughs> <laughs> the king of generic I'm midway names. Through, I've been midway through Narcos Mexico for about four months now. Narcos Mexico is that like is that like a spinoff or a sequel or like how does it work uh, I think it came out after but like basically Narcos is yeah, yeah. T- takes place in Colombia yeah, yeah, yeah. Narcos I know Mexico is obviously about the Mexican cartel um, it's got a really it's got a really good cast um, it's the expansion pack for Narcos yeah right, right. Um, it's got Scoot McDerry in it. I don't know if you know Scoot. He's from Hollywood yeah, 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 Fire. Yeah. But, I love but obviously, McDerry. like, Diego Luna is, like, the, you know, is the star. And he's obviously just fucking awesome. And then uh, Michael Pena plays a big part in one of the seasons. Really, really good cast. Yeah, that is a good cast. I like all those people. I don't know anybody in the Narcos columbia one uh what's his name's in it pedro pascal pedro pascal yeah yeah oh. he's, he's the only guy i know in it he's it's the like guy yeah yeah he's he, who's he, play? not, he plays he plays um, the agent i think right like the main agent uh, who's, who's okay. hunting pablo escobar the funny thing about you know this whatever you want to call this peak tv or the golden age of tv or wh- whatever the hell people are calling it is like it's gotten to the point where there's there's so much and so much of it's good like it doesn't even phase me to like be like, that's probably a really good show. I'm never going to watch it. Yeah, like, absolutely. Because like, well, what am I supposed to do? Like yeah. they had a uh, they had um, there was a number of years ago, right? Like they had the Emmys and Andy Samberg hosted it and they had the skit in the beginning where it's like everyone's asking him, have you seen this? Have you seen that? And he's like, I haven't. And then he like has like a whole musical number where he goes into a bunker for a year. And like away from everyone and like watches every show. It's great because he comes out and he like looks like basically like he's all haggard. He looks like he's been in Castaway basically. And he goes to people. He's like, I watched every show. And they're like, you stink. Like he's like, I haven't had a shower in a year. He's like, and it's good. And, and you'll love this. Paul. He's like, he's like, I watched every show. And then Nathan Fillion is like, have you watched Castle? And he's like, uh, and he like goes back to the bunker. <laughs> 
And I never saw that yeah. show. And that must have been like six years ago that he did that skit. Yeah. You know, it's it, only gotten worse since then. Yeah, it absolutely has gotten worse. So people had a lot of time at the beginning of the pandemic. They watched a lot of stuff. Uh, I mean, this is way, I mean, this way predates the pandemic for sure. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But it's, uh, yeah. And, and I mean, it's like, like you said, it's not, I mean, I say gotten worse, but it's like, it's fine. It's just. A thing where it's like, yeah, you're just never going to watch everything that that yeah. that like people, you know, forget like, you know, I'm not even talking about shitty shows. You're never going to watch all the good shows. No, Here's and I got shitty cook. shows to watch. I got I got Law and Order coming back. Maybe <laughs> yeah, I got stuff go. to watch. <laughs> Speaking of shitty shows and shows that came back, do you guys? I mean, Sex in the City was such a cultural <sighs> phenomenon. Yeah. Have you heard a peep about this new version of it? I mean. Kind of like just just the parts that were in the news, like what the the that the guy died on the Peloton, yeah, bike. and then Peloton tanked for a while, and then uh, and then that you know now Chris Noth has been accused of sexual assault by a bunch of people too, which is one of the characters in fun. Billions apparently died on a Peloton also. Jesus, really, I would say poor Peloton, but you know, fuck Peloton. Fuck them. Doesn't yeah. I, <laughs> I feel like the sex doesn't it doesn't it have like the most weird like generic name? It's like and now this or like it's, and, it's and, called it's mm. called and just like that. Yeah, there you go. Which is which like, is one of their like catchphrases, right? Like it's it's like a, I don't I, I, know. I I never watched a whole lot of uh, Sex in the City, but wasn't like a, that, that always like part of her uh, like it, it was like one of her like uh, narration, like when Carrie's narrating the thing, it would like be like some scene something, and then she'd be like. And just like that, Charlotte, blah, 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 blah. And like summing up whatever the hmm. like whatever the plot of like whatever that subplot was. Oh, I didn't realize that. So that was like their yada, yada, yada. Through, like, kind of like, like 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 I recognized it when I saw it was called and just like that. I was like, oh, that's a thing, right? Like, I kind of uh, remember this. Interesting. OK. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that. Right. We're not. I don't know. Is, it, is there a name for people who are hardcore fans of Sex in the City? This should be obvious. I was going to say sex heads and it's like, that can't be right. I, was like, I don't think it's that city boys. <laughs> That's even better. <laughs> Come on, William. Are you a city boy? Every Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern time, 8 p.m. Central. City boy. <laughs> That's spelled B-O-I, yes. right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely it is. <laughs> you guys are fucking ridiculous. It's like all I can hear in my head is like someone's like inexplicably going, oh, city boy. <laughs> I all heard in my head was, yeah, boy. <laughs> it also got the song Skater Boy by Avril Lavigne in my head. Oh, my God. Well, that's, that's that's probably time appropriate. He was a skater boy. I said, "See you later, boy." <laughs> she rhymed boy with boy, with boy. Yeah. Oh my goodness! God. Oh boy, you mean? <laughs> oh, but we didn't say. <laughs> we haven't oh, talked about. <laughs> we haven't talked about how people can email us or tweet at us yet. Uh, and I got an email to read. Kind of. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Why don't you let us do 30 minutes on Sex in the City then? <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it seemed like, you know, we were, we had something going there. We were going with it. So we got an email. Um, we got an email from our friend Scott uh, about um, our uh, Goldfinger episode uh, a little ways back. 
um, where we talked about James Bond. And one of the things, of course, that we talked about James Bond and you specifically brought up, Willie, was um, that he's kind of inappropriate and uh, creepy in, in a not great way. And um, so a couple of things that Scott noted was, you know, he, he was noting that, yeah, you know, that was kind of that was kind of the idea, right? Like back back then that like, you know, we also noted in the Goldfinger episode, right, that he's not your typical spy. Like he's not actually like overpowering physically. He's not the smartest. He's, he's not not smart, but he's not like someone who's constantly outwitting people either. And so Scott pointed out, it's like, yeah, this is kind of his thing that he can use, right, is sort of his charisma, especially with women to kind of try to get out of situations and get what he wants. And so that's kind of what's played up, especially in these early movies. Um, And he also pointed out that, you know, we only watched Goldfinger, which is in the 60s, and that, you know, that kind of gets updated, at least to some extent, as the series moves forward in time, which... I haven't watched those movies quite as much, Paul. This is kind of for you and me, Paul, since Willie doesn't. Mm. Willie only has Goldfinger to go on, basically. Um, but I don't remember it updating too much, like in the seventies. Like I feel like the seventies Bond movies felt well. I guess they are kind of updated. Like I can't remember Roger Moore just slapping people on the ass or anything like that. So fair enough. No, I mean, yeah, I would say like. It gets dragged kicking and screaming along like the, the, the misogyny, like, you know, is just kept at the it, it, it feels like like I'm sure that. Well, I'm not sure, but it feels like the misogyny is mostly kept at the maximum socially allowable limit that, that you could still have. I, I, I also think some of it might have been like it's less like, I don't know, these maybe go hand in hand, right? Like, I, I don't even know if it's so much like a product of the times going forward as it is like the different bonds. Like, it's kind of like Roger Moore was just too silly in a way to be that suave in the same way. Like, mm. he's he's suave kind of, but he's like suave. And maybe this is because as he gets older, like in his movies, he feels suave like the way that like someone's dad would be kind of like, in, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like, like, like he yeah. almost feels like non-sexual even when he is. And then, like the Timothy Dalton you say movies, suave, like somebody's dad. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know what quite, quite what I was saying when you when you read it back to me like that. I'm not quite sure what I was trying to say. Like Uncle Phil from um, from Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yeah, hey, Uncle Phil would have made a terrific James Bond. That's I would I would watch the fuck like a dad. out of Uncle Phil. Yeah. Absolutely, Uncle Phil is more suave than Roger Moore was as James Bond. Sorry, <laughs> uh, Uncle Uncle Phil. If you if you gave me the choice between Rewatching Uncle Phil or rewatching Roger Moore James Bond next week, I would rewatch Uncle Phil. Damn skipping. And I know that means that makes no sense whatsoever either, but you get what I mean. I got you. Yeah. But like, yeah, the other like the Timothy Dalton movies. I mean, Timothy Dalton, we can, you know, you can have a whole separate conversation of how good he was as a Bond, but like he was going for a very different kind of Bond. Like he was actually going more for the serious, like brooding kind of I feel like he was going for like what Daniel Craig ended up being, but like the rest of the movie wasn't really there and he and he probably wasn't up to it either. But I feel like that's what they were going for in those two movies a lot more. Yeah, I, was that like was a still, more serious bond. That may still be giving Timothy Dalton too much credit, but I Might see be. where you get I see where you're yeah. where you're coming from. Just, I think, I just think what they true. were going for. I'm not going to say they got there at all. Yeah. But then you get Pierce Brosnan who like turns the like the charm again, like he cranks that charm dial pretty hard. And right. He's a charming guy and like and can do it, right? But like it's it's yeah, it's it's 
I get that it's the conceit of the character. I think the Daniel Craig era changed a lot about the Bond franchise. And yeah, I almost want to say retcon that into and try to like explain, give it, it tried to give a justification for like, you know, that, you know, James basically had to harden his heart for a variety of reasons and right. start seeing everything as transactional. And at yeah. least they tried to explain it, I guess, you know, in, in, in that way, at least like they kind of did that. So, you know, yeah, I will, I will agree with that. The last thing I wanted to bring up uh, from this email was um, he, he took you and me, Paul to task a little bit on Casino Royale. Cause we said it was the best bond movie. And he, you know, kind of the, the two things he kind of disagreed with us on there is that, you know, he kind of viewed the most of the movie as kind of a, a, a James Bourne, uh, James, Jason Bourne <laughs> ripoff, James Bourne, ugh, uh, Jason Bourne ripoff. And then talked about, you know, basically they do the the Texas, uh, Texas Hold'em, you know, stuff at the casino forever. And to be fair, I, I don't remember if we said it originally, but it's like, yeah, the Texas Hold'em stuff is shit. Like it's it's the part of it's the part of the movie I like the least, definitely. I like to think that they should I, be I playing baccarat. <laughs> but I I was gonna say I like to think that the baccarat scenes are just as stupid. Just nobody knows how to play right. baccarat. Well, so. I'm sure that's true. I, I bet it's true. But that's yeah. the point. It's like making something impenetrable so that we don't know how dumb it actually is and how bad a version of it is. Because like everybody knows Texas Hold'em, and you watch that scene and you're like, this is a dumb version of Texas Hold'em. Yeah, and it really felt like capitalizing on a craze in a way that Bond shouldn't ever yes, do. Absolutely, because what that movie came out when did it come out? Like two thousand nine or something like that. It was like right when yeah, Texas yeah. Hold'em. Can was I stand like up for big, you guys for a thing. minute too? I'll, I'll just make this point. Mm-hmm. Just because you guys said that that was your favorite Bond movie, you never said it was a great movie or really really good. You just said it's your favorite. And and I would and say, I, and I believe the tone of that email is like, how can you say that one's the best? This there has all these dumb parts. I think we 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 might have said we, we we may have said it was the best as well. And I'll stand by that. I do think Me it's too. the best. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I, it the is best the best. Doesn't mean yeah. it's great yeah. movie though. It just means it could be pretty yeah. good. Yeah. It's yeah. the best Bond movie. It's not a perfect movie no. by any stretch of the imagination, but no. I think it is the best Bond. Movie. And I don't mind. Yeah, and 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 I don't mind that it, it's. Uh, it is kind of a born, I wouldn't say a ripoff, but yes, it's definitely, it's definitely making Bond more of a born like character. Absolutely. And I feel like that's not a bad thing. I think it does enough with it that it's not a ripoff. And, and, and he's not just like born, like there's very much like the still like the charisma and, you know, you know, the, 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 you know, stuff with ladies that is in there, which you would never see in a born movie. No, I agree. But I, I do think, that there is probably, I think the first born movie had a bigger impact on these kinds of movies than probably most people realize. Like I think, because I think it did affect the James Bond movies. I think it also affected the mission impossible series. Yes. Um, definitely like countless other movies. Like it was a pretty big, it had a pretty big effect on action movies. And and for the better, let me say like, it's like mission impossible, like mission impossible, which I think is overall a very good series like a very watchable series, but it's like, I love the first mission impossible. Like it's its own thing. And it's, it's one of my favorite movies. I think way back when, when we did our top 25 movies, uh, each, it was in my list for top 25 movies. Um, number two is garbage. Like the John Woo one where he's got long hair and all that. That's a garbage, garbage movie. And the third one is what starts to rescue it again. And that came out after born (laughs) like that, that like all the rest of the movies where they kind of 
figure out who Tom Cruise's character really like how they want him to be. They all follow, you know, born a little more like, again, he's not born like Mr. Impossible has its own feel to it, but it definitely had an effect and a good one. I think, I mean, that movie's hitting like, I think, what is it? The seventh, it's the seventh one that they've shot already. Right. I think. And that's coming out and they have an eighth one already. That right. They're work on I think as that's well. right. Yeah. And they're, and they're, those are good movies. Like those they, are, those are, those are really watchable movies, really rewatchable movies. Like I enjoy every time I see one of them like happens to be on TV. It's like, yeah, fuck, I'll put this on. And like it, the movies that you feel like would be, would get bad in there. There's like the rogue nation or one or, or whatever. It's like, no, those I, are I, really, I really, good. really like rogue nation. I yeah. do too. Like, yeah, yeah I, I, I really do too. Like they're, those, those are, those movies are better than they have any right to be. Yeah. There was something that like where they pointed out that Tom Cruise has been playing that Ethan Hunt character for like 23 years at this point or something like that. More, um, I think 90 Mission Impossible is 96. The first Mission Impossible. So was that really? Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. So isn't that crazy? Longer. Yeah, that is that is really 90, crazy. I think it's 96. Might, might, might be 97, but it's like, yeah. So, yeah, it's like 25 years, basically. He does look so young in that first movie. He does. He, he yeah. like, He's like a baby in that movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you know, for for all that he like hasn't aged, he has. When you see when you see him there, it's like yeah, he looks older. Yeah, for sure. All right, so that's what we have to say, Scott, <laughs> about James Bond. Uh, yes, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> okay, if you want to send us emails, where where can you actually find us? You can find. We'll, we'll talk about. Yeah, it, we apparently. Look at that. Even when I think the show's over, we're going <laughs> yeah, for it. Exactly. Uh, yeah, you can email us at talktopodflix at gmail Love that. And you can tweet at us at Podflix. That's right. Maybe we'll tweet back. In the meantime? In the meantime, what? What do you want? <laughs> what do you want? What do you want? What, what do you want, city boy? <laughs> what, what don't I want? <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, <laughs> you I don't know what you fucking don't want. Fucking tease. Yep, that's right. I, I don't know what you want me to do here. <laughs> Yeah, boy. <laughs> <laughs>